Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. It's Mark here with the birthday boy, Ryan. Ryan, how does it feel to be 29, my friend? Oh, mate, it's a little bit scary. I'm, uh, I'm starting to get up there. Yeah, mate. Well, you know, have you started really suffering from the hangovers yet? or uh... I'll let you know tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, will you drink yourself into sadness following our episode tonight? Uh, it depends how, how glum we get. To, yeah. who, who, who are you going to bring up tonight, mate? All right, mate. Well, so just for the listeners, because obviously I've just told Ryan what we're going to do. He's got no preparation for this at all. But we're basically just going to go through all of our predictions that we've made this season uh, through our social medias. And we're going to uh, keep score. Uh, so fantasy amateurs and then the fantasy gods who have spited us by causing our recommendations to fail. And we'll go through at the end and we'll, we'll see who comes out on top. So, obviously, we've got a pretty big sample size of this game, the season's uh, sort of scores now, so we should be able to to know pretty well whether we've made a good or not on our predictions. So, mate, uh, I guess starting off at the first, the first thing that we ever put up on our social media, and I'm 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 giving this to us because it was it's a bit of a layup, um, which is that uh, so it's, there's very strong talk that. Jordan Rickey at 344K will be in the starting back row for the Broncos with Pangai playing in the middle. Um, if this is the case, Rickey should be 100% ownership come round one. So that was the very first thing that we put up on our Facebook uh, on the 14th of January. So, mate, uh, I'm pretty comfortable giving us the uh, the tick there. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I think that's uh, one of our better ones. He actually... But he made what about 140k? So yeah, I'd, I'd call that a W. Yeah, I think it was 344, and I was having a look at my trades, and I sold him at 494. So I made exactly 150k off him on the week that I sold him. Fair enough. So I, I guess that's uh, that's a big tick for for us. So um, obviously, I don't have any good sound effects like uh, TK. So I'm just going <laughs> to keep a bit of a, a scoreboard here. Where uh, bling. bling! <laughs> One nil to uh, to the amateurs. So uh, the next post came out the day after that when they started releasing the teams. And this one's a bit murky here. So um, for people that are listening to the episode, feel free to send through your uh, your feedback on the comment section at the end and tell us whether we were a bit rough on ourselves or whether we were a bit too generous here. Um, so uh, this is the Sharks Fantasy Guide. You ready? Mm-hmm. Outside of unlikely potential cash cow Teague Wilton, not seeing anything of interest for the Sharks this year. If Moylan's the number six, he might be worth speculator, but I couldn't advise anyone to roster him. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so Teague Wilton's a bit rough because it took a while. Obviously, we didn't wouldn't have started him with round one, mm. but you you could not say that Wilton hasn't been a cash cow this year. Yeah, you're not wrong. If uh, if he actually did start round one, um, you'd, and with the way he's turned out, you you would have been pretty happy because like when he came into the side from his first start, what fifty six, fifty, forty five, sixty, oh yeah, you would have been pretty happy. But yeah, it just took him a while to actually get into the side. But um, mm. yeah, and you, yeah, I guess you weren't wrong about Moyland. It, it's probably taken him till mid, well, past mid season for him to actually yeah. start making some money. Well, the question is, if he started with Moylan in round one. Right now, you've made eighty-five grand for the total for the season. He's averaging thirty-one point five, which is almost exactly what we predicted him to average. Are you happy if you bought Moylan in round one? Uh, no, not not exactly. Happy wouldn't be the word. Uh, 
word no. to describe. No, no. But I guess I guess, uh, I guess we did miss uh, Chad in that initial initial prediction, but we did no, get around to him. Yeah, well, I mean, we came back to him once uh, once we sort of had a look more closely at the teams, um, mm. which I'm sure we'll sort of bring up as we go. So I'm I'm willing to give us the point for that one. Are you, do you think that's fair? I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. All right. I am going to get to ones where we didn't give us the point. So I'm not. <laughs> there not plenty of those. I'm not just sniping through here and, and picking ours out. So, all right. So, the next one here. For those looking at Tino for NRL Fantasy this year, we have an almost identically priced player who we believe will be much better value. Ooh. Victor Radley averages 52 points from the inception of the new rules and comes in priced at 43 points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Rads has been a bit disappointing, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah I think with the uh, with the inception of the no flogs rule, he's been he's been hit pretty hard by that one. Uh, so <laughs> obviously, being suspended for half the season hasn't helped. And it's funny, it's funny actually. The picture that I posted is him doing a spear tackle to Josh Mansour as well. So <laughs> obviously, yeah. I knew something <laughs> in the back of my mind, even if I didn't say it. Um, so I, I mean, he actually didn't start round one, so. Uh, I mean, obviously nobody would have started with him, but we were certainly recommending him even when he started again. So I think uh, from there, uh, I I'm, I'm think I'm willing to give that the big fat and one to the fantasy gods. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think we were uh, definitely a bit off base there. No. All right. Uh, this is the Knights fantasy guide. Jaden Braley at 410K looks of value here should be 100% ownership priced at 30.5 points. Connor Watson in a role as a middle, also an interesting moneymaker at 323K. That is where my interest ends for round one. I don't think we we missed anyone um, that really popped up for the Knights. I guess, uh, I guess well, we were bagging Frizzell a little bit, but he's actually turned into one mm. of the better edges. But, yeah, um, and I mean, Daniel Saifidi went absolutely ham, but he's really come back to the pack now. Yeah. So, mate, I'm happy to give us a point for that. Yeah. No, me too. I mean, who who wouldn't who wouldn't start with Jaden Braley? He's yeah. he's been great. Yeah. You'd have to be a mug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of mugs, here's my next one. Um, Michael Morgan is an interesting prospect coming into the 21 season at 516k. How's he doing now? Five hundred sixteen k. Well, I mean, I ha- he hasn't had a bad score for a while, so <laughs> yeah, five hundred sixty k. Five hundred sixteen k equates to a thirty eight point five average. So we're looking for a minimum forties to fifties. Looking back at his stats, he averages when he plays. Oh, sorry, when he kicks for at least two hundred meters per game. Uh, you know, he scores really well. Um. The issue, oh, I did say here the issue when you drill down to the sample sizes, you see that in 2015 to 17, the average is 53 points, but more recently, 18 to 19, it plummets to 45. So will the Cowboys be the dual grand finalists or the bottom eight Cowboys? So, mate, I'm going to give this to the fantasy gods, although yeah. I have to say I did leave myself a gigantic out there at the end for uh, <laughs> if the Cowboys suck, he's going to suck. So, yeah, no, well, I mean, the fantasy gods have uh, not only hurt you, mate, I think they've hurt Morgo a fair bit more than you, unfortunately. They've crueled me. Yeah. All right. Panthers fantasy guide. 
Spencer Lanier is an interesting option off the bench, although there seems to be many better options in that price range. Outside of that, I can't see myself rostering any Panthers for round one. Well. <laughs> so outside of the obvious, uh, you know, and he's staring me right in the face at the moment, uh, Nathan Cleary, outside of that, I mean, you got who would you have started with for the Panthers? I mean, Momorowski once – this is before Momorowski got his release to the to the Panthers. You know, if you started with Stephen Crichton, would you be happy right now even? Yeah, no, I mean, look, I think the only – yeah, the only Panther we both started with. Yep. Yeah, Toto was one we missed. Yeah, but he's um, coming back to the pack even as well. You know, re- more recently, you know, he's missed a couple of games with Origin. Now, obviously, we didn't predict him making the Origin team, but I mean, that said, if you started with him, you'd still be bloody yeah. ecstatic. Like he's still six hundred and thirty-four yeah. k, oh. still averaging over fifty. Yeah, I mean, you got to. I mean, I've got to give this one to the fantasy gods, but I'm I'm not happy about it. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, the obvious one, old Big Chin there. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's really been the. Do you mean Mr. HGH? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> no. Oh. I saw actually seen a lot of people talking about that on Twitter. I, I haven't said anything about it on Twitter. But I've seen it like a lot of people are talking about it on Twitter. So I don't know. Maybe there's uh it's not it's not just me that was eyeballing him a little bit, obviously. So um Ryan Pappenhausen coming off a big 2020 and priced at 50 points going into 2021. And he's poised to be a keeper again this year. But is it possible that he improves his average? As expected, we saw his try scoring rate drop from the absurd 80% try scoring rate in 2019 to a more sustainable 40% try scoring rate in 2020. Because of this, during the first 20, first 10 rounds in 2020, he averages, averaged 44.3, four tries and three try assists. However, from round 11 onwards, Pappenhausen averaged 55.9 with three tries and nine assists. So what changed? From round 11 onwards, Bellamy used Pappenhausen in the way he used him in the attack completely changed. Uh, he was previously used sparingly within the opposition 20, uh, but the Storm are now using him in a ball-playing role similar to how the Roosters used Tedesco. Mate, I couldn't give that more points for us. I mean, you can't. No, you and that, that, that was me. You, that was yeah. you. Yeah, usually you were doing the write-offs, but that was uh, that was me, and um, yeah, I feel like I, I nailed that one pretty well. Obviously, yeah, like you were about to say, you can't predict injury, but uh, before that injury, it was absolutely flying. Yeah, mate, that's absolutely unreal, and that's a big tick for us. I'd give us two points if that was the way the system scoring worked, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I think in our I think in our very first episode, I was I was just talking up. Oh yeah, and, and I wasn't was... sure, but you took me around, and I'm glad that you did. Yeah, I mean, once he got the goal kicking, everyone was on board. He sort of became obvious once he got the goal kicking. Yeah. But, but even but, so. But he would have averaged 55 without the goal kicking. That's the yeah, point. We, exactly. we were on the money with that. And just everyone was expecting the goal keep, kicking to push him the average, but he got the goal kicking plus the ball playing. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right. So the next one here, <laughs> this is a weird one because it's kind of a bit murky, but it's starting to come true now, um, which is surrounding Josh Hodgson. So. And actually, I'm 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 going to be forced into giving myself a begrudging point here. I think because um, it says in five years in the NRL in 2015 to 19, Josh Hodgson averaged 3.5 missed tackles, which from the introduction of new rules, it skyrocketed to 6.5 missed tackles. It's meant a nine 
point reduction in his average from 50 to 41 is his age starting to slow him down. But then later on, actually it was two weeks later, um, I put, are we sleeping on this player? Looking at the averages of 75-plus minutes, comes in priced under 525K with a break-even under 40. Injury affected in 2020. Uh, seems to have had some issues with the change of game speed, uh, but 100% job security, no risk of, risk of origin, uh, but a very soft schedule to start the year. So I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that I recommended him, but I was certainly suggesting by this, and I want to, I want to, I'd love to get into some of the comments here, but it's actually not letting me open it up because it was so long ago. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, Josh Hodgson. I mean, he's averaging fifty now. Yeah, I mean, if you take oh, out that one game he got benched too, he's <laughs> he's averaging like fifty three. So mm. yeah, <laughs> surprising uh, considering that we thought he he was blowing up with Ricky a few weeks ago too. Yeah, well, that's it. We we sort of I I I wouldn't say I was wholeheartedly recommending him, but I was certainly. <laughs> Loosely recommending him, or not maybe not necessarily suggesting that he was a bad buy. So I mean I don't know. I, I, I want to put. I'm 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 not a fence sitter, so I don't want to have a maybe pile. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Do, do you think it's fair to give us a point for that, or not really? I mean, it, it's definitely not a point to the fantasy gods, but I don't know if we've earned the point there either. So, but no, the point is nobody would have bought Josh Hodgson late in the season, which is when he's mostly scored all of his points. Yeah, that's true. All right, I mean, I'm going to give it to the gods. All right, and let nobody say that I'm a uh, I'm a soft judge on myself. All right, and the next one here, in light of this morning's article. Gone too far. No, we're good. In light of this morning's article about fallen NRL fantasy gun Andrew Fafita getting his weight down fifteen kilos, <laughs> we felt some compelled. We felt compelled to go into the stats. It's no secret that Fafita is not the sixty-plus fantasy uh, minute fantasy gun of years past. But here are the hard facts. In twenty twenty, he averaged fifty-four points in forty-three minutes with no tries. Average of 62.75 in 47 minutes across 16 games, three tries. It comes into the season priced at 40 points. If he passes the eye test, do we take a shot? So I wouldn't go so far as to say we're not recommend. I reckon maybe we just leave him out because obviously he didn't play round one, so obviously nobody got him. Um, and I guess uh, – but it's, it's, it's certainly interesting to see sort of where we were, where we were sitting on that. Yeah, well, I mean, didn't you uh, have Fafita in your like pre one of your preseason drafts mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. a couple of days? Yeah, damn right, I did. Uh, <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, I'll just maybe I'll just leave well, that off. Well, in your defence, mate, he's played five games for the Newtown Jets and he's averaging fifty eight, so he's going all right. One for the amateurs? Nah, not really. <laughs> Thank, for those of us playing at home, it's four all, and we're we're going to call that one a wash because he didn't play. Do we think, or do you think that Jai Arrow can return to his pre-2020 form after being reunited with Wayne Bennett? We're backing Jai for a huge season in a monster Rabbitohs pack, but does he represent enough value for fantasy or better for draft? 
So I'm not sure I'd go so far as to say we recommended Arrow there, but I guess we were certainly sort of steering him. But then once again, he didn't play in round one. So I guess we maybe we need to call that a wash as well. Yeah, I mean, certainly no one would have bought him, I suppose. But yeah, he's definitely been... Oh, he did play round one. Did he? Yeah, he came off the bench. Um, that, it was after round one, everyone was looking at buying him because he scored 74 in 45 minutes. Right, and I'm actually sure that we we were talking people out of him at that point. Yeah, <laughs> once he was yeah. on the band. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that to us. I reckon because obviously when he yeah well when he was on the bench obviously we and I'm sure we'll go back and well, I'll put I'll put the question mark against this and I'll see what we said closer to the season actually starting. So obviously okay. I reckon we would have come up with a an abort mission on him. Roger two of us to check holds. Do we think that he holds some upside? for this year with the departure of Blake Green. His stats would suggest he takes extra responsibility seriously, but can the Warriors capitalise on the monster pack with their young spine? Now, obviously, we didn't anticipate Reese Walsh uh, coming to the club, which obviously the powers of hindsight would tell us is going to happen. But, I mean, Sheck was scoring really well up until the emergence of him, wasn't he? Well, yeah, I mean, at his fullback starts, he's average, he was averaging 51. Um, so that was the first 10 weeks of the year, plus that one game against Melbourne where he was actually a bit of a hybrid. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it certainly wasn't a, a failure, but I reckon if you bought him, you probably would have been a little bit disappointed considering how well some of the other wing fullbacks went. Yeah. I think we said he holds some upside, so obviously we weren't sort of pushing really hard on him, but I think we're, I think we're okay to give us a point for that one. Yeah, I think, uh, didn't we? I'm, I could have sworn as well, like we sort of were projecting him for like a 52 sort of average yeah. as well. So it's yeah. about where we had him. Yeah, I reckon. With Boyd Cordner out on a long-term concussion layoff and the least settled the Sydney Roosters has been in a long time, will the Chooks be relying on James Tedesco for additional leadership? <laughs> 63 break-even with five-plus points of value is what we have here. So obviously that's a, uh, that's a no. Yeah, I mean, the fantasy gods really smited us there. I mean, he, they... They took out the entire <laughs> Roosters <laughs> team for the most part. So I think once um, once all those players went down, I, I think Teddy's you know, upside definitely took a bit. Yeah. yeah. Coming into a fresh Gold Coast Titan side that is gunning for a spot in the top eight, David Fafida represents a tantalizing prospect at the edge <laughs> position. Fafida has the ability to break off a 20-plus fantasy point run and is a proud member of the 100 club where you said here at least five points of value which he's absolutely decimated yeah that's, uh, that's one of our one of our hits you know we might have missed uh big chin but we got uh old barley boy here david for feeder he's oh, um yeah. killing it yeah absolutely lay down measure for me um but yeah no i'm, I'm easy one nice 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 to get some runs on the board here for us cameron munster 25% ownership. Clearly the six secret's already out. Munster's prime for a breakout in 2021 and should push his average into the mid-50s. Certainly a good option, but is anyone brave enough to antipod Munster given, Munster given the ownership percentage? Now, we actually had to hear him here for five points value from a 50-point average, and he's averaging exactly 55. So <laughs> I think we're forced to give it to us. But once again, if you got Munster, he's actually gone down 30K despite averaging 5K, five points more this season. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it doesn't help that guys like uh, Fafita and Cleary have just broken the, you know, the, the points value. So, I mean, a lot of these guys that have actually, uh, you know, increased in value based on their preseason value, yeah. um, they've actually gone backwards because of, because of that. But um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, Munster's ownership has definitely taken a hit though. Because you, what, what did you say there? Like 26% twenty six percent or twenty twenty five plus percent? Yeah, yeah, he's down to twelve now. So a lot of people have uh, jumped off. Yeah, nah. So I think we're good for that, and that makes us to seven five. Do you have enough cash in the bank to justify splashing on a gun center in 2021? If you do, look no further than Brian Kelly. I mean, he's all right. He's been okay. You wouldn't be mad. Like, I mean, like, if you, okay, so, and just, you know, I'm going to give the point to the fantasy gods here, right? I am. I'm prefacing this, but. After he come back from his injury, you tell me, given the state of the centres this year, would you be unhappy with this scoring? 48, 23, 38, 27, 38, 38, 48, 25, 27, 52. 16. <laughs> 16. <laughs> no, you'd be, you'd take that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. you, you, you cop it. And he's played every single game since he came back in round five. So... I mean, like, yeah, you're not smiling about it, but you're not not smiling. But I'm going to give oh. it to the fantasy gods, mate. Uh, I'd, I'd I'd be uh, I'd be ecstatic with that, given like I've been taking Kotrick's like 16, 22, 19, 29, and like I've been happy with those scores just because he's been available every week. Yeah. With the departure of Kyle Flanagan, Takiaho takes over the goal kicking and represents enormous value at the mid position. Oh no. Six to ten points value and a fifty break even. Which is a yeah. big the biggest eh, I reckon we've had so far this year. It's obviously yeah. uh we didn't count on him just evaporating uh for no reason and then losing the goal kicking on top of that. Just being like kicking the nuts after kicking the nuts, I think. So yeah, he's uh, he's been very disappointing. Um I, I mean just from a footy perspective as well, I think he's been very poor this year. Um, and obviously that's been reflected in his scoring. Because, uh, I mean, all the signs were there for, for him to be a buy, you know, like his historical average combined with extra points in goal kicking. But, yeah, he's just he's just been incredibly disappointing this year, just from a footy perspective, even, you know, let alone a fantasy perspective. Yeah. I don't know what's happened to him, but um, maybe it's just this new style of play. It's sort of not been trucked up the middle. Yeah. So we're back to seven all. Jeez, the gods are keeping pace with us. Hopefully we get better as the season goes on. <laughs> Canberra Raiders are ready to unleash Josh Papali yet again in 2021. Uh, will he – so we got him down here for up to six points of value, uh, which could be averaging up to 60. So where's he at the moment? Now, I have to think – I mean, obviously he got uh, sent off, which doesn't help. Yeah, he's averaging 51 in 49 minutes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I mean there's, there's a send-off there where he only played 30 minutes. Hmm. But, I mean, like, even then he probably would have been averaging 55, which is fine, but that's exactly where he was sort of priced at. So, but I'm going to give this one to the gods. Yeah. 
Um, that said, like he hasn't been that bad, you know. Like even if you want to take out that send off game, it's what an average of fifty three and a half and fifty one minutes. So, like, yeah, obviously it's a point to the gods, but I mean the way Middles are at the moment, like you take that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just the it's just the fact, I guess, he's been, you know, going on holidays and stuff and getting rested and and with the prices sort of. But I mean, you got to take all that into account with a guy like Papali. Mm. Um, I mean, when they. Uh, uh, we did, and credit to Matt, our Raiders guy, who sort of highlighted his inconsistent role, which has been pretty, pretty much bang on there. So, yeah, we um, obviously shouldn't have gone with him. Tyrone Peachy of the Gold Coast Titans has the ability to become an elite keeper center option with consistent minutes from round nine onwards. He averaged forty six point five points in fifty seven point three minutes. Is the upside worth the risk? Three to seven points value, we had him down, and he has gone up by, I think, nine from there because he was priced at 39. So that's a big fat tick to us for us, right? Yes, the peach. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of obvious in a way, but, I mean, it hasn't happened the way that we thought it was going to either. So Mm. the Dragons have secured themselves the best like-for-like replacement with the loss of Cameron McInnes. Andrew McCulloch is a legitimate captaincy option once we can trust his hamstring, but for now he has a 65-point average upside. Well, I mean, yeah, he's obviously not averaged 65. Um, but Although we did say upside. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, McCulloch's been quite good. Uh, yeah. You'd, you'd be quite happy. Um, if, if you'd owned him from round one like myself. and Yeah, only two scores um, under 50 all year. Yeah, and, and given the lack of hookers, like obviously all hookers have taken a hit. So, um, you know, like a 56 average of old, you know, that would have been a 65 last year. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean. I'm happy, a, us, I'm happy to give us a point for that as, as yeah. him being a buy. Yeah, i say so. Yeah. All right. Luke Brooks, 544K, 41 break even. <laughs> Luke Brooks is ready to break out for fantasy in 2021 after a nightmare 2020 campaign. Temper expectations early with the horror schedule, but make no mis- mistake, this is the droid that you are looking for. <laughs> mate, Luke you, Brooks? For you, mate, you, you're a, you're a, I don't know, if you, are you still a Luke Brooks owner or have you sold him no, finally? I went to Sean Johnson last week. Went to Sean Johnson. Okay. You were like... Every week, tearing your hair out about Brooksy, like just hating him, hating your life, having hating having Brooksy in your side, and he's ended up being one of the more consistent, uh, you know, mid range options out there. Yeah, I mean, I could have had Chad instead. Um, I was I was tossing up in the preseason, Cleary and Chad or Brooks and Tedesco, and obviously I selected wrong. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, mate, for, as far as Brooks has gone. I've got 9 to 15 points value here from a 41, and he's made 10. Uh, and that, this is without him even getting the goal kicking. So, And I was even right about the early season sort of, you know, don't be so sure about him. And we were tearing our hair out, and then Dewey came in and was still on the kick meters. But he's still averaging f- almost 52. So, I mean, that's a that's a tick for us, and it takes us to 10-8, uh, I think. Uh Poasa Farmacilli. Mm. Uh, that's that. Now that's based on the assumption that he got a start, 
we did a write up on him. Obviously, yeah, when that's, he, he didn't get a wash. start, we'll just leave that out. Yeah. If he can win the back row spot for the Panthers this year, Kurt Capewell represents a fantastic pot option. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the center dual position, but he is a cheaper alternative to popular trap Tino Fasua Malawi. <laughs> now, Capewell started really well. Yeah, then he got then injured, didn't he? Got injured. Uh, I Well, I mean, so I expected him to be an 80-minute player, and then he played 66 minutes, 49 minutes, and then I traded him out. And then he played 80 minutes with a try and got 69 against the Storm, but then 33 with a try, 32 without a try, 70 with a try. So anyway, long story short, he scored a fair few tries, but his role's just been absolutely all over the shop. Uh, but he's averaging 47. Uh, that said, I'm almost certain that Tino wouldn't be averaging 47, though, either. So what's he averaging? 46.8. So, I mean, I don't feel good about giving that to myself. In fact, I want to give that to the fantasy gods because he's certainly not been doing what we expected here, which is the 80-minute roll. Yeah, I think that's one for the fantasy gods. It's not a huge miss. Like, you you wouldn't be tearing your hair out if you had him, but... Um... Yeah, he's he's not a, he wasn't what we expected. Yeah. All right. That Adam said, Tom- I, I I was the uh, the vo- the other side of that uh, in the preseason podcast. I was always a little bit skeptical about cable. Okay. Well, unless you chastise me publicly about it. <laughs> Mate, I we're, we're getting to one right before uh, kickoff. There's one that I can't wait till we get to. Okay. Adam Fanua Blake, 49 break-even, six points value. Uh, look really sharp and fit in the trial. Represents an interesting value proposition. Now, I certainly don't go so far as to call him a master or anything like that. 659, obviously, he got injured, which didn't help. But, I mean, where was he sitting, I mean, even before that? Yeah, well, uh, before the injury in his first three games, he was looking pretty good. Um, you know, he had 63 and 56 minutes, 43 and 48, 57 and 53 with a try. And then he had 18 in 13 minutes when he got injured. Um, yeah, I, I'd say he, he was going quite well until that injury. Um, obviously, hasn't uh, been putting up too many good numbers on his return. But, I mean, he's almost entering buy territory again <laughs> at yeah. like, like 500K. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mate... I mean, you can't, the fantasy gods have cruel us with injury, but mm. I mean, you know, what's that PPM there? There's, you know, there's two games over one PPM and one just under one PPM. You know, you'd have to be happy with that. And it's kind of exactly what we're expecting from him really was sort of a low fifties, you know, average with some upside. I'm, I'm willing to give that to us if you're happy with that. Yeah. I- I guess, yeah. Like, 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 it really just depends on how you grade um, based on injury, because obviously we can't predict injury. Uh, no, he, he was going quite well. But. No, I'm, yeah. Well, he was going well, and then he got injured, which obviously nobody can help. So, I mean, we got that right, but then the fantasy gods just crueled us in a different way. I think. Mm. Do you want? Would you? Pref- would you feel better about putting it down as a wash? Mm. With, a, with a too small of a sample size. Yeah, I think it might be too small of a sample size, unfortunately. Okay, the fantasy cool. gods saw that we were going to win that one and they, uh, yeah. they yeah. Not even score. Well, it is 10 9, so I can understand why. Daniel Alvaro. Tick. 
22 break even, up to 20 points value, which is absolutely exactly right. That's where we got him. He was averaging 42 or something like that when we when we all jumped off. So I don't even think, yeah, we said uh, inexplicably had his minutes reduced to limited or nothing. However, he looks to have revived his career at the Dragons and his stocks for the for fantasy are absolutely soaring. Sits at 1.9% ownership and a monster value buy. Yeah, I mean, he turned out quite well, didn't we? Um, what, he was like 290-odd K, and I think most of us got off in the high 400s. So, yeah, you'd be laughing. Yep, and tied into that, uh, we did a tweet, and me almost oh, it was on the same day. Uh, last year, we said that Kurt Mann would average more than Blake Rayleigh last year despite finishing 50K cheaper, going against a huge consensus of teams that started with Brayley. Our version of that this year will be that Daniel Alvaro will be averaging more than Jack Hetherington and Ben Murdoch Nasilla, which we absolutely brained because both of them sucked. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, well, the polar bear, when in doubt, always go for the polar bear. Always. Keeping the good oil coming this afternoon with William Hoppawati from the Bulldogs. Mm. <laughs> Predicting an average of 41 points. Yeah. Where's he sitting at the moment? I actually don't reckon he'd be that far off that, is he? He's averaging 33 and a half. No, okay. No, he's miles off. Okay. Yeah. Although that said, uh, he's actually really picked it up the past uh, five weeks. So from round 10, he's, average, he's scored 48, 58, 42, 29, 24. So maybe he's gone back a little bit the past two weeks. But yeah, yeah he actually picked it up a little bit. But yeah, yep. definitely a big miss. Absolutely. All right. Unfortunately, popular fantasy option Ben Murdoch Masilla is on our trap list this year. Uh, we think he'll be a great player for the Warriors, but will be inconsistent stats wise. I don't, is, I don't think I don't think we could have got that more right. <laughs> bang, twelve to ten. Oh, long neck prick here. In twenty twenty, <laughs> Daily Cherry Evans. Was forced to do everything for Manly. We expect Foran and Schuster to take some of the pressure off DCE and the Seagulls in 2019 and should take a reduction in fantasy points as a result. I mean, everything like about that tweet is right aside from the impact on the fantasy scoring. Yeah, I mean, the fantasy, the fantasy scoring, I think we'd even had the fantasy scoring about right until that 100 and that 100 like boosted his average by about like six yeah. or seven points. I think we had him at 57 and a half, so... I mean, what's he now? 65. So, I mean, he's up by eight points. So I'm going to give that to the gods, but I, mm. I think we were right even though we were wrong. If we, if we did uh, this episode about three weeks ago, I think we would have given that to us. <laughs> yep. Until that 100, that 100 uh, is what the fantasy gods took it away. Yeah. <clears throat> Paul Momorowski looks set to dominate at right centre for the Panthers, which is great news for fantasy purchases. Looks significantly better than some other players in the same price range. Cough, bird, cough. And has a great ceiling, 3.8% ownership. Now, I mean, taking the bird part out of it, which obviously we'll probably end up having to give a, the gods a point for that one. Momorowski, 10 to 14 points value at a 27 break even. I think we give ourselves a big tick for that one. Yes, Momorowski. If only he never got suspended, he'd probably still be in all our teams. Ah, absolutely. Junior Paulo has 21 career appearances of 60-plus minutes for an average of 46.9 fantasy points. Uh, 
which was about three points over his break even. So basically we're calling Junior Paulo a trap, which I think was immediately after uh, the Talking League boys were rapping him on their pod. <laughs> how's, you, love, you love doing that, don't you? How, how's, he, uh, how's he going this year? I mean, averaging 42 and a half. Bang. Uh, One for the amateurs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mate, we've got to be kind to ourselves there somewhere. Mm, glad nobody took that bet. I said, made, making a bet here that um, I'd give Tino an eight point start on Takiyaho for a season long average. I'm not, glad no one took that. <laughs> Despite being a superstar, there is no doubt that Latrell's role for the Rabbitohs is to score and create tries and inject himself where needed. Unfortunately, this makes him an unreliable, uh, inconsistent fantasy option and should be on your round one avoid list, uh, averaging low 40s, call it. So, Mm. I mean, he's averaging 51.6, but he had five weeks out. And, I mean, mean, he started the season 84 against a Storm. 37, 43, 42, 95, 69 before he got suspended. So, I mean, you have to give that one to the gods. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're starting to be proved a little bit right here. Like, since he's come back from suspension, he's scored, what, 32, 24, 42, 48 with a try. Yeah. Um, so he's sort of come back down to earth now. But uh, I think what gives it to the gods is, is that in that post you said on your round one avoid list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we'd have an uproar if we tried to award that to ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, I'm going through. Uh, Dylan Walker, hard pass. Tick, 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 yeah, tick. Bing! <laughs> 15 to 12. We're up to. <laughs> the first team list is here. The clicking you hear is 17% of people removing. Be- Ben Murdoch and Silla furiously from their teams. <laughs> Classic. Turban season baby fires. <laughs> I mean, what, yes? Yep, it was I mean, turban it, season. It, it was turban season, yes. <laughs> and it still is, in fact. He's still going good. I'm giving that to us. Turban season, for sure. All right. This is probably... Oh, this is me. I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna lump you in here, but you did agree with me, but you saw the error of your ways here. Cameron Cameron Smith left a legacy for fantasy fans as the rule number one. And for ages it was the strategy behind Captain Cameron Smith because he is so much better than everyone else. This is no longer the case, and just because Cleary was the top scorer in twenty twenty does not mean he will be in twenty twenty one. With the retirement of Cameron Smith the rule number one for NRL fantasy retires to with false idols, Damian Cook, Payne Haas, and Nathan Cleary, 2021. Mm. Yeah. No, well, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely there with you. I was uh, with you on that one, uh, round yeah. one, but I, I repented um, a couple yeah. of rounds in when I when I saw the... He wasn't a false god. He is actually the new rule one. Yeah, we were absolutely balls deep in the anti-Cleary train for ages there. So Yeah, that didn't work out well, did it? No. 
He did not. All right. Uh, where are we back here? Sorry. Um, all right. A while ago, we mentioned the huge split between Jack Whiten uh, and his fantasy scoring uh, when Josh Hodgson's available. Interestingly, George Williams has an inverse relationship where he scores better with Hodgson in the team. Williams averaged a respectable 53.7 is games with Hodgson despite only scoring one try. Is he a cheeky pod for those looking at Munster's 24% ownership? Now, I mean, this is one that's in that awkward range because obviously we know what the end result of that is now with the power of hindsight. But he averaged 52.4 points and started out the season 61, 57, 61 before going into 41, 43, 47, 46, and then 51, 57, 60 before departing and didn't miss a game. So you missed, you missed that one game. Remember when he got injured in the warm-ups? Oh, yeah, round eight, yeah. Yeah. Mate, I think we give that to us. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not a miss, is it? Like, he didn't have a score below 30. Uh, sorry, no. a score below 40. Um, and he was outscoring Munster up until a little while ago, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, I guess just got a little bit homesick. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Or oh, that or he's still mad at James Hooper, one of the two. <laughs> All right, so that takes us to 17 to 13, and we're starting to open up a little bit of a gap here now. We got closer to the start of the season. Obviously, we just hit form. Um, I'm not going to give myself a point for this, but I or, – or I should say the gods are the point, but I uh, just did a tweet that said Latrell Mithchell. <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently, Damien Cook also retired with Cameron Smith, which has been pretty true this year. What about, uh, what about your one round, before round one, I'm pretty sure you posted on, on Facebook about a certain South's back rower. Oh, no, I'm coming through. No, there's more. Oh, okay. it's, it's coming, yeah. Okay, all right. What the hell happened to Anthony Milford? From 2015 to 2019, Milford appeared in 79 total games at 5'8", where he played 80 minutes, kicked for between 0 and 350 kick metres, an average of 140, and in that time averaged 44.5. However, the worst season fantasy wides for Milford in that time span was actually their grand final team in 2015, uh, and the best one was actually 2019, where they weren't that good. Um, so what? Yeah, using the same criteria. So, ba- so basically, we we're looking at the, the kick splits here. Uh, so, but basically, saying in short, Seabold's Broncos team was the worst Broncos team we've ever seen. Uh, the Broncos were a basket case, and. Um, basically suggesting that Milford would average at least in the mid-40s this year. Because mm. he came well, in I mean, 4.27. We were right up until the point he got dropped. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, once again, you know, if you started with Milford, you got 52. I mean, the 21 against the Titans wasn't great. But then 56, 67, 55 before he got dropped. And you would have made, a, a like, I mean, a decent chunk of money in that time span and been really happy. I mean, you held him 6-7 and you got 41, 39, 27, which is not great. So assuming that you bought him and then moved him on after he got dropped, you know, you'd be pretty happy with that because I think he ended up in the mid in the mid-500s, didn't he? Yeah, 550. So, yeah, he went up about 130K. Mm. Mate, are you happy to give that to us? I, I think so. I, I feel. I feel. I think so. I think that's a. I think that's a tick. The yeah, the wording I used was handy money maker. So I think that's uh, that's pretty close to what he what he was. So 
All right. Um, Cameron Munster at 671K seems to be the obvious option at half this year. But if Jamal Fogarty at 666 manages to win the goal kicking, uh, he is shaping as a nice pod with serious upside. Add to this, barring injury, Munster will miss games through the origin period, with Fogarty only in danger of missing uh, games over the origin period due to a selection uh, injury uh, to DCE, basically. But even without the goal up kicking, the argument could be made for selecting Fogarty. So obviously he won the goal kicking. Mm. And, I mean, he's been a a really good pot option, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, other than that one game where he got injured, copped the cork and only played about 50 minutes, scored seven, he's averaged 55. So, I mean, I guess that's where we have him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess do you want to... <laughs> how, I'm, how I'm, much, I'm happy uh, giving us a tick for that. You reckon? Yeah. Well, we had him here at average of 54.5. No, no you know what? I'm not giving that, giving that a tick to us. I'm giving that a tick to Zane O'Neill. Zane O'Neill. <laughs> You're right, and I'm going to go into my bedroom after this game and look at the photo of you on the on the roof, Zane. <laughs> here's a here's one uh, with Tom Trebojevic going down. Only one man can save us, and it's a picture of Greg Marju, which uh, is sitting a bit close to home for me at the moment. So it, it eventually came true. Reconsidering my position on Matt Lodge, three ninety k b twenty nine. At 50 minutes, uh, if we ignore his re- reduced PPM, so which he was, so basically, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to read the whole thing here because it's basically exactly what's happened. There's no doubt. While Payne Haas is out of action, the first three rounds the Broncos will be relying on Lodge. Obviously, he got injured in week one, which is not ideal. Uh, Lodge played last year with a partial ACL tear, which no doubt took its toll as a result of this. And watching their recent trial, he looks much more like the old version of Lodge. And I'll be looking for another strong performance this weekend against the Cowboys to confirm this belief. If we ignore the reduced PPM in 2019, uh, sorry, in 2020, we can comfortably project him to average about 0.9 PPM. And while I'm reading the rest of this, can you look up what his PPM is this year? I've got it in front of me. At 50 minutes, it will be an average of 44 points, which drops to 39 points in 45 minutes. Using our price increase tool from the lounge, we can uh, work out that fee. Average is 44 points for the first three rounds and then 39 for balance. He should make 150K with the money making. Uh, When we dig deeper, we find Lodge's PPM increases against weaker teams, against top four sides. He has a a trialist PPM of 0.8. Even if we reproject at that 0.8, six price rises, we can land at an increase of 110K. so basically, I guess we warned off him in pre round one, but did sort of suggest that if that role looked looked bigger, he would be a good. Said uh, it leaves us with Lodge firmly in the space of should make some decent cash rather than a clear ten points of value is what we what we finished up with. So, mate, what's his what was his PPM this year? Um, so I've taken out that that round one game where he only played eighteen minutes. Um, Outside of that, his PPM has been 0.94. Yeah, so probably even marginally better. Uh, I mean, obviously, we would have swayed him away. From, we would have swayed people away from him and he got in, injured with a hammy, which, I mean, ultimately, I guess we have to put this down as a wash because we didn't see what actually happened over those first couple of rounds without Payne Haas. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely, yeah, probably. I think Wash is a fair call. He's definitely turned into a, a great moneymaker, though. He's made oh. like 200000 200, on his starting price. 
Mate, I've been even looking at buying him like now still. Um, but I guess the the potential move to the Warriors is a real big worry for me now. So, mm-hmm. anyone not considering starting with Angus Crichton, better st- check out these stats. We think Gus is up for a huge year in twenty twenty one. Floor of sixty two point five average in eighty minutes. Where's he yeah, at the moment? Well, he's averaging sixty three and a half. So, I guess we're. Not- uh, I mean, it's not bad, but, I mean, if you bought him, you're not mad about it, are you? No, I mean, he's, what, the second best middle, isn't he? Other than Tohu, I think he's, yeah, he's he the be. second best middle. Yeah, cool. All right, I'm giving that to us, and that makes it 19 to 13. All right, we come back to Ryan Pappenhausen here, uh, where we say, I mean, we've already given ourselves a point for Pap, but this this is a bit more bold. It says, we're expecting Pap to establish himself as a top fullback in the NRL and challenge Tedesco for the number one scoring wing fullback. Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> it's not a challenge, is it? It's no, a, it's, it's not. like a Gallon versus Hunt, Justin Honey fight. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was a uh, it became a triple threat and there was a new challenger that emerged in Tom Dravojevic and he's blitzed all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, he's been absolutely monstrous, Dravojevic, so... All right, I'm just going back now to keep going through. So I'm flipping between Twitter and Facebook to try to get the the numbers right. Here's me recommending Corey Jensen, which obviously is a dud buy. He did actually score well for a couple of weeks there. Uh, oh, man, this is sad. Are you ready for this, Ryan? You got some tissues? Yep, I'm ready. Andrew Davey becomes a must-buy this week. Four to six-week knee injury to Curtis Sirenen. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? More, more than enough time to establish himself as a long-term back row with no clear competition, let alone competition likely to displace him. I think that needs to be a wash, but I mean, I really like. I don't. I can't. Obviously, I know we can't give it to us, but he was on what? What was he on? Like eighteen after six minutes or something? He was on ten in four minutes. That's it. Yeah, he had three tackle busts in in because he did that nice run where he busted and like rolled over the top of the dude where he actually did his knee on that roll. Yep. Um, (laughs) But um, all in all, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, he's he's still one that makes me sad because I feel like he'd. I feel like he would have been an awesome cash cow if he'd stayed healthy. And oh. he's so unlucky as well. Like a guy that's been waiting. Oh, it's just, why do we have to bring him up? It just makes me sad just thinking about him. Like a guy that was waiting to crack into first grade and, yeah, like late, what he's like mid to late 20s. And, 29, um, I think. Yeah, finally gets his chance and that happens. It's just so unfortunate. Even worse, I traded uh, Lachlan Croker to, to Davey, and Croker's oh, turned out to be one of the no. best slow burns of the year. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at mine, my trade history just before as well. Um, what did I do? I did Brian Kelly to him after the injury, so that was two, and then ended up trading Kelly back in a couple of weeks later. So that was super-duper annoying. Well, the week the week after that, though, I did Davey to Schuster, so that didn't turn out too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I did David Ischuster and Kate Welder Chotrich. We all know how that turned out. Although Chotrich, in fairness, he's been a good centre cover for me all this year. But uh, Sam Walker, 
has been the main playmaker, in-play kicker, as well as a handy goal kicker for the Bears. With Kiri out long-term, Walker has the potential to match the rookie season of Nathan Cleary. Fantasy amateurs by the week, projected 40-plus average. Well, I mean, he hasn't gone close to uh, Cleary's rookie season, but he's certainly Cleary's been... Cleary's rookie season only started in round 18 or something like that. Yeah, and that's true. in fairness, Sam Walker's went off his absolute tits. Like, so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable giving that to us. What do you reckon? Oh, yeah, that's that's an easy win for us. Yeah, it's just, um, I, I guess, obviously, Walker getting injured as well as really hampered his scoring but um sure. i mean like before he did his ac joint he, he was looking quite good you know he put up a lot of big scores and yeah he probably probably would have gone close to matching cleary uh, like we were thinking after what he scored that 88 or something against the knights um and you were thinking you know well maybe we'll get close to that cleary rookie season but yeah, yeah. unfortunately after that he's sort of fallen away oh um, mate the cleary rookie season wasn't huge he was a great cash cow but his his second year was his like big breakout year so he averaged like 53 or something his first year though didn't he yeah yeah i mean but he didn't have two broken acs in his shoulders though either. Yeah, that's true he was also a bit bigger <laughs> yeah um the broncos welcome back superstar prop Payne haas this week but nrl fantasy coaches need to be patient as haas will likely be available at a cheaper price in his new role of about 60 minutes under walters target haas as a final team player once his price bottoms out. Well, <laughs> te- technically that's a tick for us, but I feel like uh, we would have thought his price would have bottom- bottomed out about 200K ago. Well, I had him at 67 and he's priced it and he's now at 57. So, I mean, I don't feel good about giving myself a, a big tick there, but I certainly, oh, we can't give it to the gods. Um, and I mean, he is playing 60 minutes. And if we've got projectors price sub 900k, which isn't isn't incorrect, I know everything we've written there, like you've written there, is technically correct. Which and is he hasn't bottomed out. His break even's been high the whole time. It hasn't stopped <laughs> being high. So, mate, I'm right. And if anyone wants to argue with me, I'll fight you in the IGA car park. <laughs> I mean, yeah, his break even's finally bottomed out at 64. So, in you go. Yeah, he's a buy right. this week. <laughs> Oh, One for the watch list for head-to-head players. Sean Johnson, expected return, round eight. Um, I think he came back in round, what, 10 or 11 or something, didn't he? No, it was round seven. He was back. <laughs> Bang, there you go. He will run the gauntlet of top eight sides, Storm, Panthers, Rabbits, the Inform Dragons, although maybe they weren't in form at that time, and then have his buy in round 13, and then the Panthers again in round 14 should give him enough time to blow out the cobwebs, get up to match fitness, and from round 15 onwards will be a buy with his fantastic schedule. Bang. <laughs> I mean, it certainly helps that Chad got dropped. That definitely pushed him into strong buy territory, didn't it? Yeah, but that's 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 pretty good. And I mean, that that is April we wrote that. <laughs> early, very early April. That is appreciate so. right there. That is that's some top draw stuff. Yep. Uh, patience running thin with Taki Aho, and our old fantasy coaches need to trust the process. Oh my <laughs> bloody hell, Taki Aho! What are you doing, mate? Uh, Victor, yeah, he was he was one of Victor the, the inflictor. We gave him a bloody we gave him an X already. That's me buying my Warriors jersey. <laughs> uh, Jake Tolman Boyevich is one of the most boring players to watch, particularly for fantasy. 
So much so that many football fans have started to wonder if Jerbo is simply Aiden Tolman with more height. The funny thing about that is statistically Aiden Tolman is better than Jake Dubovic when they both play 65 plus minutes. The difference is Jake is a cyborg creator for one pur- purpose to put up elite, almost elite fantasy numbers. Um, got him down for basically sub- averaging somewhere between 54 and 57. But that was from April the 12th, which would have been, I don't know, maybe around like he was at 667 at the time. So let's call it round five or six. I mean, he's certainly not doing that, but he's looked like he was almost going to do it a couple of times. Yeah, he had like that 63, 56, 52 run. Then he went back to sort of being a plotter again and then got yeah. the hit pointer. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm going to give that to the gods. But... Um... I'm not. I'm not sure that story's finished writing itself yet. Uh, Alex Twal, basically saying that Twal and Trebojevic are identical, but there's no good argument to take Twal over Trebojevic, which I guess is right because they're doing about the same thing. Yeah, Twal's um, le- legitimately one k more than Turbo right than than Gerbo right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think I think I'm going to call that a wash because I sort of spoken both about obviously we wouldn't people wouldn't have gotten both of them they would have been choosing and no matter which way they chose they chose wrong there although i distinctly remember that week there was a, a conversation about jazz tavanga which was had with the boys from uh, otl so obviously that we know how that turned out <clears throat> rule number one, i'm gonna just say this one rule number one Bruce Willis, okay. Nathan Cleary gets another easy matchup against the Broncos. Um, are we going to put 100 fantasy points on the Broncos tonight? And we've got Cleary doing a thumbs up, and I'm pretty sure he scored a try in the last couple of minutes to take him over 100. I think that was the game where he was looking at the trialists. Um, oh, 124 he got. That's the week he broke the record. Or no. Yeah. No, no, it was the week. Right. Yeah. No, no it, was, it was a little bit before, but he was. Um, and that was the week he had 810 kick meters. Ah, and, uh, yes. He was, he was on his way to getting a um, trialist 100, the first ever trialist 100, and then he ended up scoring a try in the end and pushing his score up, but ruined that uh, mm-hmm. trialist 100 mark. Yep, all right. So I want to highlight a specific one here, that, and I'm just going to put shoulder this straight myself. So um, Mitchell Moses, we highlighted him as a pod captain of the week against the Broncos up in Darwin where he scored 50, which obviously, I don't know, I think that's a wash, but I don't feel good about it. <laughs> uh, no, here, I, okay, we're repre- we're recommending Payne Haas here at 878K, so Ooh, okay. I, I, I think we need to give the gods a wash back there. All right. All right. So I'll give the, the gods a point as well, which will turn it into a wash. So that'll make it 2216. There seems to be a lot of questions surrounding these two this week, uh, the two being Kalen Ponga and Tom Trevojevic. Firstly, the similarities. They will both play Origin, Ponga for sure, which, I mean, obviously didn't happen, but he would have had he not been injured. Uh, Turbo would, I'd say, is 80% plus, but certainly not a guarantee. Both have absolute job security and both have ceilings of 100 plus points. Ponga is priced at an average of 61 points per game or 61.5 points per game, but Turbo at 37.5. Turbo has a specific recurring soft tissue injury, uh, whereas Ponga has had a variety of injuries and suspensions, although they seem to be more incidental rather than recurring. 
Ponga goal kick, so by default his floor is theoretically higher. Um, however, uh, whereas Trebojevic has a 16% rate of putting up scores of 29 points or less. So what are you paying for with Ponga? Uh, 12-point higher ceiling theoretically. And a uh, – oh, sorry. And 12 points average per game based on historical stats, theoretically low risk of injury and a theoretically higher floor. The question you need to ask yourself is would you pay 300K to sacrifice the theoretical risk of injury to get a player with a theoretically higher floor personally as somebody who's willing to tolerate risk? Trebojevic seems like a no-brainer option. Tick. Oh, those hammy truthers out there, they're in trouble. MLS, where are you, mate? (laughs) Yeah, I was talking to him the other day and he was telling me he's he's not buying Turbo for the same reason I'm not buying Cleary. (laughs) It's just out of spite. Ego and spite. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Good Um, on you, Matt. We're consistently recommending Dave Fafita through our Captain Obvious posts here, which seems like I don't want to give us a tick for it, but obviously that's just good. That's just good gear. <laughs> I mean, everyone, 50, 51% of people are Captain and Cleary anyway, mate. So. Yeah. Yeah. In his career of 60 plus minute back row starts, Curry, Harawira, and Ira, 75% of his games are under 50 points. Um, and basically make sure that you do a loop with CHN if you're going to buy him. Now, although his average is good and I'm now an owner and I didn't buy at the time, are we sure that the advice for looping CHN and not just, you know, automatically playing him every week and, and suggesting that he has a he's an inconsistent scorer is, is very far off the mark? Um. No, I mean, 49, I don't think so. 49, 30, 46, and then three scores above 50 in a row, and then a 38 with a try, and then a 58. So, no, I mean, I we mean, didn't we didn't necessarily caution people away from him, so I'm happy to give us a tick for that. No, I mean, yeah, if you want to combine it as well with what we were saying on the podcast, you know, we were calling him a buy, and I bought him, um, what, his second start back. So, yeah, I, I feel like it's a tick. Yep, great. 24 to 16. And I'm going to give one to the gods here. For Appy Coruscant, keep an eye. Parents have showed their intent to play an 80-minute hooker. Uh, absolutely essential round 13 option for those playing for overall points. Bum, bum. <clears throat> which, you know, in fairness, he was cruel by injury this week, which I'm not mad about, but, you know, at the same time. Uh, he scored. He actually did score really well over those couple of buy rounds. It just his B didn't drop low enough to make him um, sort of arrest his price uh, drops. Given the present centre dilemma, Herbie Farnworth. Mm. I mean, he he didn't actually play that week, so I mean, we kind of need to give that one a wash because. No, Obviously, nobody should have traded him in because we knew pretty early that he was ruled out. But then, I mean, since then, 18, which isn't great, 38, 55, 50, 25, 21, 33, 41, which is kind of in the Brian Kelly range uh, of scoring. I mean, not happy and not unhappy. I mean, I feel like that one just needs to be a wash. What do you think? Yeah, no, I tend to agree. It's sort of been one that, like, wasn't a failure, but... 
not a roaring success either. Yep. Um, Morgan Harper, we recommended here. He scored really well, but more recently he's sort of fallen off an absolute cliff, hasn't he? Um, has he? I thought he was actually... Yeah. Oh, no, wait. Hold on. Let me bring up his scores. That same... Yeah. So call him from that same, that same time there. So he went... 47, 53, 47, 40, 50, and then 11 and 25. So, I mean, you're really happy up until the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and it's really surprising that he's put up poor scores the past two weeks given, you know, what the the Titans uh, – sorry, that the Manly beat the Cowboys 50 to 18 and then beat the Titans, what, like 46 to nil in the second half. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel, just... like we, I feel like we almost need to give that a tick. Yeah. I mean – I mean, if you bought him when we recommended him, you'd, you'd be laughing. Like, you had a month worth of, like, a 50 average. Yeah, if not more. Um, we've got uh, – so I'll give us this one, but I'm going to put this one out to the gods, which is Dustin Olam. Um, although we did warn people uh, he's in a – we said he's in a purple patch at the moment, um, but we also said that he seemed to be have turned himself into a reliable fantasy scorer, which obviously uh, isn't true. <laughs> so we'll give that a no. Jake Everillo at 510K would have been a good buy, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would have been nice. Quite high ownership at almost 20%, and it's entirely possible many of you have Jake Everillo as an anchor in your team. Nevertheless, across the last five games, he's seen a dramatic increase in kick meters, which makes his average climb to gun, keeper, center level status almost entirely in base stats. Why didn't I listen to that? I'm pretty sure I bought Olam that week. Why didn't yeah. I listen to, <laughs> listen to you, mate? Awesome. Awesome suggestion, that one. So we're at 26 to 18 now, and we're starting to pull away. Uh. Recommended James Tedesco here for a captain. He got 50-something that week. So, I mean, that's not horrible. That's just a wash. But, um, oh, Dale Finucane, he's a dud. Sorry, that's my fault. Ryan didn't have anything to do with that, guys. That's all, <laughs> that's all me. Although he did score really well last week. So, but I'm assuming everyone that had him at that point sold him. All right. Here's me telling everybody why Matt Burton is not a gun center and, in fact, is a uh, is a below average center, which I mean, he, he, I know he spited me by scoring a bunch of tries over that buy period. Uh, but I mean, are you honestly, if you bought Matt Burton at five hundred twenty k, are you happy right now? Uh, like, uh, I mean, probably. I think you would be. Like, his lowest score is forty one. Like. Uh, I know, like, his scoring's been a little bit disappointing in the fact that, like, he's only put up, like, a 50 and a 55 with tries when he was playing in the halves and stuff. But uh, I think you'd be pretty happy, <laughs> honestly, like, compared to some of the other centers out there. Yeah, okay. All right. I'll give that one to the <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't help that he scored, what, like, seven tries in the last five weeks. But Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. It'll, I still don't think that story's finished either. I'll cop it. Fine. <laughs> uh, Brody Jones. Calling Ryan, him a trap. Ryan disagrees. Ryan disagrees? How did he go at, um, at center? He, well, he scored 47. He, he got a try. 47 though. with that late try. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, so he's, he's made 42, 43, 47 in his three weeks since, since that post. And made 130K. 
Yeah, okay. Tick to Ryan. I don't know. Is, is 130k enough? I mean, he's starting this week, isn't he? And he's break-evens one, so he's going to make he's not, more. He's not playing. How do you know? Tyson Frizzell might be back. No, that's right. There's no team list. Yeah. yeah Long mean... time, mate. He's only got one more game there before Frizzell's definitely back. So, I mean, is I mean, he going to make... Yeah. I'm just saying. I, I'd, I'd call that a win. Like, because, like, he's what? He's Even if he comes off the bench and scores 20, like, that's still 150k. Boom. Tick to mm-hmm. Ryan. Okay. Well, I'll give you half a point and the gods half a point, so we'll even it out. Because I, I was calling him a trap. <laughs> <laughs> and I made I made Rob <laughs> in the post say, Ryan disagrees. <laughs> uh, Greg Marju, 228K as a buy. Um, I mean, he's made, what, 110K, and he's allegedly injured, but, you know, he might play next week yet. There's it's a whole, you know, it's almost two weeks before games, so... Um, that's a TBA, I think, that one. There's, we don't really have enough data on that. But, I mean, he's got 46, 46, and 30-something so far. So, I mean, like, you'd be happy, certainly, if particularly if you were forced to play him. Yeah. I mean, if you bought him as a cash-out, too, like, you'd be, you'd be pretty happy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Scott Water, drink water being a trap. I feel like that's, that's uh, too early to call. I think too early to call. I'm I'm leaning towards it being right, but I'll again. I'm sure we'll find out. Um, just make sure I haven't missed anything. I've got Billy Burns here. I did a bit of a write up on, but I sort of just said um, keep an eye on him, and he never really cemented a spot. So I don't well, you, really want. You, you've missed the the one from preseason about a certain Rabbitohs back rower that you never brought up. I can't see it. I haven't, oh, really? I haven't scrolled Maybe past not. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, for those of you that are playing at home, I um, I, no, I'll tell you what, I, I'm, we're in the wrong Facebook group is why. Uh, oh, no, maybe not. All right. Well, anyway, I recommended Jacob, Jacob Host and he was a dud. So one for, the, <laughs> one for the gods. Another point for Ryan. Yep. Um, yeah, you were, a bit, you were a bit iffy on that, weren't you? I was very against that one. <laughs> I did not yep. want my name associated with that, Jacob Host. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. We've got here Don't Rover React on Jai Arrow's gigantic PPM in round one and oh, um, yeah, telling people not to panic on Connor Watson being benched, Another which is, uh, yeah, that's a good one. All right, so I feel like this is enough uh, self-flagellation. How do we, how do we end up? Hey, well, I just want to go back because I also put the call out to our Facebook group members and I don't want to just ignore them. And I asked them to uh, come to us with any um, uh, good or bad trade advice that we gave them this year. Uh, Daniel Tui. Oh, no, he, we didn't tell him to get, not to get Bradley. Somebody else did. <laughs> um, buying Turbo over Ponga. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, listening to the pod. Actually changed my mind on Roberts and I ended up getting Bird instead. Well, thank you for that, but we didn't recommend Bird and I'm pretty sure we were recommending Roberts. So. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's not us. <laughs> Which pod were you listening to? We need the advice. Thanks, thanks, Bill Ann. Oh, he's getting we're going to the gods for that one. I think we were pretty heavily recommending Roberts. Uh Chotrich. Yeah, okay, one for the gods. <laughs> Just tell you what, people don't forget the bad advice, do they? No, they don't remember the good ones, but they, uh, they're quick to remember the bad ones. Uh, yeah, pushing the push to hold 
Takiyaho was painful. Yes, it was for us too. Uh, uh, people are asking for advice on a thread full of people complaining about trade advice is ironic, isn't it? <laughs> um, good ideas in general. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, no. Okay. No, that's just Clint telling us how awesome we are. Thanks, Clint. Um, Mark had a pretty rampant hate for Remus Smith at the start of the season, but couldn't talk highly enough of Tessie New, and that worked out well. Well, you know, it started out really well for Tessie New until it didn't, and <laughs> it started really poorly for Remus Smith until it didn't. Um, so, I mean... You want to know the worst thing as well? You know, uh, my mate's uh, Captain Barbs. Yeah. Um, the oh, week you mean bought... the, the president and CEO of the Reese Walsh fan club? Exactly. The How's he going Reece... this week? Has he moved to Tahiti now with that news or what? <laughs> oh, mate, he can retire off that news. Captain Barbosa, he's done. Oh, mate. Yeah, the week I bought Ola, um, he was telling me, no, mate, Remus Smith is the buy. And uh, since that's happened, Remus Smith has just gone on an absolute tear and Olam's just gone to shit. Yeah. Just, yeah, got absolutely backwards. <laughs> All right, let me put it to you this way, though. 8-42-23-23-46 against the Bulldogs and then 16. Like, you're not happy with that from Remus Smith, mate. Anyone that bought Remus Smith should have been selling him except we're in absolute crisis at that point. And then he went 52 82 29, 46, 48, 37, 26, 34, 44 with two tries. Um, and he didn't play. He only played 46 minutes for that 44 points. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll, okay. I'm going to give a point to the gods for Remus Smith because I was I was heavy against him. And, and that's a fair comment. But at the same time as well, you know, it's uh, it's pretty rough. <laughs> Very rough gear. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. All right. I think that's it. Do, um, we haven't missed anyone. No one you can think of. Um, no, I mean, uh, we've got Bailey Sirenen. Uh Do I start with Tyrell Fuimano or Luke Brooks? I'm glad I went with Brooks on that one. Um, so, there's no that's... like bad advice you reckon that we, that slipped through the cracks. Oh, no oh man, I'm sure we've given out plenty of bad advice. No, no. Um, <laughs> no, uh, like what, red, what if red what red if Luke, what if Luke Carey is just Corey Norman but in a good team? <laughs> Poor bloke. Uh, Luke Lachlan Croker and Jake Turpin went to the same school of managing to play hooker while avoiding making tap- tackles. <laughs> it's like tweets that age badly. Oh god, how funny. All right. No, I think that's good. I don't think we're done. Um, no, all right. what, no, what no, are, no, no one we've missed, you don't think? Mate, there's no one obvious that I can think of. <laughs> Hit us up in the comments on the podcast if there's someone that we missed. Oh, no, I found one here. There's a Tigers player here we missed, Jake Simkin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who we recommended... Um, Getting, he actually made some good money, but I don't. I'm going to call him a push. I don't think it's fair either way from him. But we were recommending him at 228. So I mean, yeah, what is he I now? Mean, 380. He, when I sold him, yeah, he, he was like close to 390. So I mean, it, I was happy with him, like because I bought okay. him for 228. So tick for us, done. I think that's it. Is there anyone you can think of? Um, no, no, I don't no. think so. There's no other Tigers players. No, we got them all, didn't we? No, well, I mean, Luciano Lelua, we were 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, the, the, there's a bit. The, the comment section's a bit sparse with with obvious suggestions. So, <laughs> oh god. Mm. All right, mate. So, well, um, looking at the tally here, we got amateurs twenty seven, fantasy gods twenty four. So, I mean, I feel like we were going really good there for a while. I mean, if we took out. The portion really early in the preseason where we were just gambling, I reckon I reckon we'd be I reckon it'd be sort of twenty two to sixteen or seventeen, which makes me feel a bit better. Percentage yeah, as well. But I mean, I mean when you're trying to predict the future, being above fifty percent is pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I know. And the, the people are getting exactly what they paid for with this podcast. So Yeah. How much money do you guys pay? No. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen one person Buy a single bloody razor from Manscaped as a result of our podcast. There you go, Manscaped. Some free advertising there. And, um, you know, if you want to, you know, get onto the comments section of the the Facebook group and, um, you know, hold each other's hands and cry about Zaxini together, you can do that. So, thanks for Zaxini. Thanks very much for joining the Fantasy Amateurs podcast. Hopefully, we entertained you for our uh, for our week off footy. We certainly entertained ourselves. And happy birthday again to Ryan! Oh, thank uh, you, mate. Only one year until you're uh, you're in the dirty thirties, mate. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And before we sign off, I feel like we need to give a shout out to our man Stuart Lord, who was on the podcast um, what a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and he had the, the highest score. Yeah, the Lord. He had the highest score of the week in fantasy. Picked up a, a bunch of KFC, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mate, you're, you're shouting the entire Facebook group of 850-odd people mega feasts for our uh, end-of-year breakup that we're having at my house. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Thanks for signing in. We'll uh, talk to you next Tuesday for some Round 15 team lists after Queensland's uh, even up the series at one all. Love you guys.